Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, welcome to the Amigos Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Marble Madness. But before we do, uh, we've got some feedback that I'd like to go over. Uh, last week, as you might recall, our Adams Family live stream uh, didn't go so well the first go through. Uh, or we, at all. <laughs> yeah, or at all. Uh, we started it and played for about an hour, and uh, there was kind of an issue that occurred with the emulator uh, running with open broadcaster software, so we lost it. Uh, the next day, I went back and I re-recorded the live stream uh, by myself, and I just kind of commentated over it and uh, played through the whole game. Ended up with a score of 440,000 points. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So that beats me, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, more than 10 times <laughs> your score. Thank you, Boat. But, you know, after Hybris, I needed to, I needed to come back. You've won two bit. in a row, haven't you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was kind of asking some questions of the, uh, the viewers while I was running through the game. And I had some feedback on the YouTube channel from Dreamcatcher. And he said, uh, you were wondering which games would be classified as quintessentially British. My suggestions would be anything where the quirky, dry sense of humor has a chance to shine, like Simon the Sorcerer, WizKid, Worms, Cannon Fodder, etc. I'd also say Sensible Soccer, but that that had soccer in the title, which kind of makes it null and void. I've always wondered about that, haven't you? Why they call it Sensible Soccer? Have you ever wondered that? I know it's popular. I don't know why. It was an odd choice, but I don't know why. Well, you know, I just thought, because nobody in the UK calls soccer soccer they call it football right i guess they were just going for the alliteration i thought maybe they were trying to do it for you know where is there any place in the world except for the united states that doesn't call it no even in thailand even countries that don't so they call it football and surely they weren't thinking well we'll market this in the in the states right you know because i don't know anywhere it's ever played except for a very few people yeah so. yeah so but anyway have you played any of these other games have you tried uh, simon the sorcerer before I'm not a big point and click guy. Oh, is it a point and click game? I believe, yeah. And but it, I mean, I, it's always gotten good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what, were, what were the other ones I played? I love Worms, obviously. What right. Was the other one? Was um, Whizball. Wizkid. Wizkid. I don't recall that one. And the Cannon Fodder is very good. Yeah, yeah. I played obviously. a little Cannon Fodder. <clears throat> you know. Um. So, uh, but we'll those will definitely some of those titles will definitely be. On our two playlist uh, for the future. Oh yeah, we're going to dig up and dip our toe into the into the RPG pool at some point. Right, right. Um, so that was some feedback, and uh, we got some other other great comments. We had another comment about the Amiga uh, Basic um, that I didn't write down, but uh, it was interesting. And I guess it was a French program, so that explains why it wasn't uh, so so big here necessarily in the United States. Um, moving on to the news. Uh, the Amiga 1200 mold project. Remember how we've been yep. tracking that? Yeah. Well, I've got some bad news. Oh, no. What happened? It did not get funded. Really? Yeah. How close did it get? 
77,000 of 125,000 euros pledged. 125 is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I can understand why. Maybe they can retool it and come back. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's not bad. 77 large. No, there's there's definitely a market for people sure. that we're interested in. Sure. You know, if I'd had the money, I would like to get mine set up that way. It's just, you know, I don't know what it costs to get in on it. I, did, I looked at it, but I can't remember. It's been so long since I looked at it, but... You know, 125. That's a lot of that's a lot of money for something like that. Now, I, I think we might have talked about this before, but does your 1200 have that LCD screen? Those only those were an add-on, right? Yeah, but yours didn't. No, yours didn't no, get no. that. My, I'm not that fancy. Okay. When but did I've those start it. appearing? I mean, is that is that kind of an older mod? There's a, I mean, I first started seeing them a couple of years ago. I, you know, there are there are, you could buy kits to do that stuff. You know. Uh, and I can see even the reason for it. I mean, it's not just... I mean, I've seen kits to do that on, like, the Xbox, for example. You could put an LCD screen on it. But it seems sort of pointless there. On the Amiga, there's a point to it. Me, personally, I just never had the, I never had the bucks to do it. I really just, you know, keep mine fairly stock. I haven't fooled with it. But, I mean, the case that on, I could definitely see a reason to go that, ro- that route. Um, so, hopefully... Like you said, they'll retool and uh, and put that back up there. I'd say with that much, with that amount of response, I'd say they'll get some action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another Kickstarter Amiga thing that I saw was um, it's called Best of Amiga Demo Scene Music. Now, were you big into the Amiga Demo Scene back in the day? Absolutely not. <laughs> However, uh, as I've gotten older, I've went back and explored some of the stuff. You know, I would see demos occasionally, and uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, and would even I even grabbed a few now and again, and they were cool. Uh, but uh, uh, a lot of the ones I would get like was like uh, Schwartz animation stuff, little demos. But I mean, the musical demos and stuff, and some of them I've went back and watched on YouTube mm-hmm. or loaded up on my twelve hundred, and they're remarkable. They're still they still hold up. And the demo scene was huge on the Amiga, probably bigger on any other machine ever. Was the I mean, I, they still do the contest every year, real big in Europe. And uh, I've seen some pretty awesome stuff, and and it's small. A lot of times, it's so small. It's amazing what they can do. Uh, but uh, no, I, I never got into it. But I'm not surprised that they're putting best of together for it because that'd be something interesting to watch or listen to. Yeah, they they were going for far smaller amount of money, obviously, uh, and uh, they were going for 99 euros, and they've surpassed <laughs> that. I think the I think the uh, the currency was euros. It might have been pounds. This is a Kickstarter. To, this is to a do Kickstarter. It no, yeah, and this it, was volume. Did you say this is volume three? No, this is this is. It's over 160 modules, and I guess they've just kind of collected the best of the best. Oh, so these are mod files. Yeah. Now those I, those I got into. Now explain to me the difference between <clears throat> okay. demos and mods. Well, a demo. <clears throat> excuse me. A demo is a, uh, a usually an audio visual thing bundle, mm-hmm. and so you'd get groups that would put these together. And what they would do is stretch the Amiga to its to its limits in terms of what it could do visually. They would always have a rock in tune with it or something to go along with it that would be really awesome. Real cool to watch. I mean, and a lot of it would blow your mind. Uh, mod files, dim, or music, uh, uh, there was a program, I think it was called MED, uh, that uh, you could use to make mod files. And they were just music files. They're sort of like... Uh, the MP3s of their era, I guess. It's one compact file, and you have you'd have a player, mm. and you would uh, you would play the file, and it would and they would and some of them are awesome. I mean, I've got, geez, I've probably got thirty or forty discs of mod files. In fact, I've been a, I've been spending my time copying them off my disc onto the onto my card, uh, just so I can listen to them. Because if you're into that sort of music, the, the you know the bit music stuff, mm-hmm. they're awesome. I mean, okay. the Amiga is. 
a lot of people love the Commodore for that, and it, the Commodore's awesome too. Sid Jeff holding hold nine yards, but the Amiga was was really awesome. They could they were, you know, at the time they were way past state of the art, and they still hold up. They they sound great, and uh, uh, I think a disc where you how many did you say was going to be on there? Over one hundred and sixty. That'd be awesome. That'd okay. be it's a real good idea. Well, I think it's only a couple euros to get in on that scene. So yeah, um, I had to check that out myself. Yeah, if you're looking to kind of get the best all at one go without having to search through a bunch of uh, ones that might not be as good, uh, it's easy to see why that that's already passed. There's one more Kickstarter that uh, I wanted to tell you about because I know about your love of this game. Have you heard about Wings Remastered? <laughs> I've actually played a uh, a reissued version on the PC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's awesome. And and I hate everything that's remastered. <laughs> uh, uh, I was incredibly impressed. Uh, I love CinemaWare. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of their games. Wings is and my fa- one of my all-time favorite Amiga games. One of my all-time favorite games. And and the PC version was outstanding. Uh, no, is this a remastered version for the Amiga? No, this is this might be what you played. Uh, it's a uh, it was remastered for the PC in high def with all its original missions, all the dogfight, <laughs> the story's the same, and all that. Uh, about fourteen hundred backers pledged ninety one thousand dollars to bring that project. Yeah, this this has been, but this was fulfilled a while back, wasn't it? This yeah, one? this is a, this is kind of an older one, but I, I was yeah, I, I was browsing through. I, I was in on this one. Oh, okay, and and, and uh, it's tremendous. I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend. I mean, I played like I said. We talked about Superfall a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, I saw the demo for that, and I didn't like. I just didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that game as much as Wings. This is a top shelf uh, conversion. They did everything better. And it runs great. It's beautiful, and they didn't change things, and that's the important thing. They, they wings did not need to be toyed with. It was kept intact. It was upgraded, and it's a beautiful thing. So I, I fully endorse this one. Go out and get it if you're into wings. It's a must-have. Awesome. Uh, well, that's all the news that we have for this week. Um, I always uh, scour Reddit and the uh, Lemon Amiga forums for news. But if you have any tips on uh, new things that are coming out for the Amiga peripherals or things like that, give us a shout-out at um, amigos at amigospodcast.com, and uh, I'll put it in the show because we need need some more Amiga news. Would you like to comment on this week's episode? Did John and Aaron finally make their first mistake? Leave us a comment at our blog at amigospodcast.com. Uh, next up is the hardware segment. Uh, Aaron, what do you have for us this week? <clears throat> well, since our game this week was uh, going to be a arcade conversion, I uh, I thought it might be interesting to look at the at the reversal uh, um, arcade machines that contained uh, Amiga hardware. <clears throat> and I had heard rumors and and whatnot over the years that this this ran on Amiga hardware and whatnot. But I was actually I was kind of surprised. There's a uh, um, there were some very inventive companies that used Amiga hardware in the arcades. Uh, to what effect, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how big of money makers these were. A couple, though, uh, a couple titles you'll have heard of. Um, to go down the list, and this is just, uh, there's no order to these. I just kind of looked around to see what I could find and searched all over and just kind of cobbled together a little something. Uh, the first thing I found was a, uh, if people probably in the, uh, in the, in the UK would be familiar with a company called Mastertronic. Uh, 
I think they were a pretty big deal uh, back in the day. They released a uh, a bunch of Amiga games in the arcade that were that ran on an Amiga 500 motherboard as the main PCV. Uh, the uh, I looked over just some lists, and I, I, I honestly have not played these. Uh, I, I guess they're probably playable, and maybe in MAME, uh, some of these uh, I have played the game, but not necessarily this version of the game. Uh, from what I could find, it looks like uh, Mastertronic or Arcadia uh, released a, a quite a few games. I'll go run down a list here. These all look like they're somewhere uh, between 86 and 88, all right, which would be about right. Right. Um, you had, and most of these are pretty simple, Air Hockey, uh, Blast a Bowl or Blast a Ball, that one's in question, uh, Ninja Mission, Pool, uh, 180 Darts, Sidewinder. Now, Sidewinder, I've played the game on the Amiga, and it was, that was a, I, I always thought that was a port uh, from another arcade game. Maybe, I, maybe it was backwards. I don't know. Uh, Space Ranger, uh, Sports Time Bowling. Xenon, Xenon's another game I'd, I'd played before. Again, it's it's odd to think that this was in an arcade, uh, uh, but there was on the list a game called Arg. Another one, Leaderboard Golf. That surprised me from Access Software. Yeah, that was I played that on the PC. That's that's yeah. they've got there's an Amiga version, and uh, I guess uh, they they had an arcade version as well. Interesting. Uh, Magic Johnson's Fast Break. Which I got ported I to a lot. Never of liked that, but it's never, a, yeah, it uh, wasn't as good as one on one for sure. No, no, no. It was more modern. Mm-hmm. But uh, Road Wars and Rockford, another one I've played. Uh, so they and there's probably some more. They probably re-released some of these things that are different names. Like I did, I found several different threads talking about this and and, and looked around, but it's hard to nail some of this down because it's sort of obscure. Uh, the uh, Next thing I found, and this I'd actually had seen in an arcade. There was a uh, uh, an arcade system called Virtuality. All right, uh, Virtual Virtuality was a uh, uh, it's a it was just sort of a it's kind of hard to explain. It was a, it was a gaming system that w- that the, gi- the gimmick was it was a virtual reality type deal. Oh, so this is the uh, the original uh, coming of virtual reality in the eighties, where you had kind of a, a small roped off area with a, a big set of goggles and you you paid so much for 10 minutes or something I think like so that. I think so I this was uh, there was some uh, I didn't have a ton of a ton of information on this in terms of uh, um, uh, you know even when it was when these were released I got some names oh, oh, to, for starters this thing apparently ran off an Amiga 3000 hmm. who'd have thunk it right um According to our, uh, thanks to the big book of Amiga hardware for some of this information, uh, you would stand in a pod, you wear a helmet and gloves, right? Um, it looks like they, were, they made about 350, I've, I've seen varying numbers between 350 and, and 600. Uh, mostly what I saw was 350 bucks. These things cost 60 large, 60, $60,000 US. So this was no cheapo uh, gimmick here. Um, the game, some of the games that they had out for it, maybe one of these will ring a bell with somebody. Uh, Dactyl Nightmare, which was some kind of pistol game. Hmm. Capture the Flag, uh, Legend Quest, Grid Busters. Let's see if I had any more here. Uh, Hero. Probably Pad. not the Activision one. Almost certainly not, but wouldn't that be neat in 3D? <laughs> yeah. uh, great game, by the way. I love that game. Uh, VTOL. 
which was like a Harrier jump jet simulator. <clears throat> so that's kind of interesting. That uh, Amiga 3000, you know, depending on what the setup was, pretty powerful uh, little system. You know what I was just thinking about? Um, these days, you know, we play retro gaming on our on our modern PCs. Well, the uh, this stuff, this Arcadia stuff, is kind of like the retro gaming on something like the Oculus Rift. You know, when that comes out, I wonder if they'll have an emulator that can emulate these old VR titles. <laughs> That's a good idea. I never <laughs> even thought about that. And they, I don't know how good they were either, but you never know. <laughs> I'm no. guessing that they probably weren't great because I don't think that these uh, systems lasted very long. <laughs> now, uh, but, but if you paid sixty grand for one of these things, I mean, I'd run it until until it gave out because that's a lot of money to throw down yeah i'm pretty sure i've seen one this in an arcade i'm i i have a memory and of the name and the and the sort of like you said they're kind of a roped off gimmick and they and they used the amiga in it but i can't say with any certainty i don't have pictures was this at the gold mine no no no. this would have been i think it was in indiana where i saw it now this is a wacky one i like this one there's a there's a group out of italy they had something called the Kubo, right? C U B O C D thirty two. Okay, uh, this was a, 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 a wacky little gizmo that hooked on the back of a CD thirty two, and that let let you hook the CD thirty two up to a jamma harness. Hmm. All right. Wow. So this for those that don't know what a jamma harness. Me and me and both here, we both are arcade machine owners. So we have, you know, I keep taking for granted. Everyone would know what that is. A jamma harness is a uh, harness, a, a sort of a sta- an arcade standard that came around, I think, in the late '80s, and that was you could basically interchange uh, arcade PCBs uh, circuit boards in in the same machine. So, for example, if you were playing, let's say, Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat, no one was putting money in it. You could pop Mortal Kombat out and stick in Mortal Kombat 2, right? Or or any number Street Fighter. It could be a game that was totally different. You could take out uh, Mortal Kombat and put in, you know, Mr. Do's Castle. Well, yeah, I don't know if that one was JAMA. Probably not, but yeah. But, I mean, it it didn't have to be a fighting game at all. Right, right. So so it was the standard of the 80s. Uh, Most of your late 80s and into the 90s machines were JAMA, JAMA uh, machines. And it's just the harness and, and the wiring. So what these guys in Italy did, they took, uh, 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 I think it's, they were called Sistema, S-I-S-T-E-M-A. Uh, they took this gizmo, they hooked it to the back of a CD32, the uh, Amiga console, and it let you hook it up to an arcade machine. And then uh, what they would do is they would actually... Um, they made their own games for it, and which presumably they made games that would pr- to uh, to uh, emulate. I mean, to uh, accept the inputs from the Jamma harness, which would be your coins, your start button, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, apparently, Cubo in it- Italian means cube. Stunning, oh. right? And so uh, it was the Cube CD32. Now I've seen pictures of these, and what <laughs> what they picture is CD32. Uh, and where it says Amiga CD32, picture a big sticker put over a big white sticker, and it says Kubo CD32. And then on the back, it's just the circuit board slammed into the back. That's your game. Hmm. Uh, most of the games for it were made by one man. In fact, uh, on one of the forums, and these, these posts and stuff on these forums are ancient, and I had to go back and use the Wayback Machine to see what was going on. But the, the, the guy who made a lot of these actually was commenting. He's like, oh, yeah, I did them all. <laughs> you know, they did lots of puzzle games. Uh, 
They did a game called Magic Premium, which was a card game, a game called Laser Quiz, uh, which is a quiz game, and then uh, the Harem Challenge. Oh. That was the adult puzzle game. Working Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And these guys didn't have any qualms about the lifting uh, pictures and what, because looking through the pictures of the... uh, harem challenge they had there was a picture of the borg ship on there there was some, <laughs> there was some copyright was not the main concern of no, these guys. no. Um, apparently they were made in blitz basic someone mentioned blitz basic i believe a couple weeks ago uh an assembler uh, and they had a touch screen interface really? which is interesting um from what i read uh the these games will work on an, on an amiga uh, which, duh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't know about the touch screen aspects of it, but they'll run on Amiga. And uh, from what I w- from what I read or what I was able to glean, eventually they moved away from the CD32 and back to the 1200 because uh, they couldn't get sufficient quantities of the of the CD32. Mm. But uh, uh, they uh, they they ran this for quite a while. So I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, something you want to look into. It's 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 funny. It's kind of funny to see. <clears throat> you know, when I when I started this whole segment, I I, I had heard a while back that uh, uh, the, an arcade game called Time Killers, which I used to own. This game, I used to love it. It's a real hokey fighting game from the uh, I guess late eighties or early nineties. Uh, it uh, where you cut. It was actually ninety two. Uh, where you, you could use these various people to cut each other's heads and arms and stuff off, and I always thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'd always heard that was on an Amiga. Uh, I can't find anything that says it is. So if you know something out there about that, let me know. Uh, and it had a sequel that I also heard was on an Amiga, and I couldn't find anything out about it. So there you go. One one famous game that was uh, was uh, had an Amiga in it, was Mad Dog McRae, if you remember that game in the arcade. The American Laser Games classic? That is. That's the very same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a uh, it has an Amiga running it, and I don't know if they ran if they used if they used Amigas for any of their other games or not. Now, did the Amiga ever actually have any official support for a LaserDisc add-on or anything like that? You mean like a home at LaserDisc right, add-on? Right, because, I mean, I always thought that those games were just running off sort of like Dragon Slayer hardware. My guess is, okay, the Amiga was a Genlock maniac. So my guess is that they used the Amiga for video purposes and not necessarily for interface purposes. Mm. Um, the uh, the one in the Mad Dog McCree uh, was, an, was an Amiga 500 based. It had a special boot card into it uh, that allowed it to interface with some kind of control system. And uh, the... Uh, According to what according to what Big Book Amiga says, and I read this a couple places, uh, it has a ro- uh, Rock Tech Gen Lock, which was probably the Rock Gen Plus. Just that, just I want to be honest with you, I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know right what now. a Gen Lock is? I have no clue. It allows you to overlay video. So like a chroma key. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And the Amiga had excellent video support, mm. basically. Um, <clears throat> There was a another game. So anyway, to get back to the American Laser, I don't know if the other if the other American Laser games also used the Amiga. Something tells me they probably didn't. They kind of because they probably upgraded past that at that point. But the first one definitely did. I'd okay. heard that. Well, that's I heard really before. interesting. Um, another one that I'd heard of the game. I didn't know it had an Amiga in it. Was from a from a group called Grand Productions. All right, it was a game called Up Scope. It was a submarine game. Uh, it, w- it had a, uh, a submarine-style controller. I mean, you, like, looked into the viewport 
that kind of gimmick, sort of like Battlezone. Mm-hmm. All right, it had an it was based uh, that game was based around an Amiga one thousand uh, with a special EEPROM daughter board. Uh, the I, I actually saw this game. I think it's another one. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the arcade. I don't remember playing it. Uh, and uh, it's just your standard submarine game. The 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 uh, cockpit and stuff is pretty cool look. I mean, again, it looks a lot like a uh, uh, the sub games of the day that were uh, not video based. You know, the uh, the uh, uh, mechanical right, yeah, mechanical mm-hmm. sub which games. were awesome. I'd love to have. One oh of those. man, are you kidding me? I like to have one of the ones with the airplanes too that fly around a little landscape. Mm-hmm. That the it, all those are awesome. Or the ones in the graveyards where the stuff walks across. That yeah. I would love that. All that stuff is high, high dollar. Though. Yeah, I know. And talk about tough to keep keep working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a guy that's got some of that stuff, and he's endlessly looking for parts. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, another one here again. Now this one I have to say I'd never heard of, uh, but. Uh, I found this pop up in a couple different places. Was a was a um, a game called Riverboat Queen from an outfit called VGT. Now, from this had an Amiga five thousand setup in it, and uh, I think it was some sort of like a uh, it's a touchscreen game that's sort of like a casino gaming stuff. It had draw poker. I think it had uh, 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 like a, a slot machine or something in it as well, and. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, what the Amiga did. I guess it ran the whole game plus had the touchscreen. So it's funny because you know, as long as I've had an Amiga, I don't know anyone that's ever had a touchscreen hooked to one. And But these keep coming I up. I didn't realize, you know, when did you first start seeing capacitive touchscreens anywhere? Touchscreens have been around for a long time, but no one ever used them. Mm. They, were, they were cost prohibitive. And then also you had the uh, that overlay you could put on a regular monitor, that yeah. kind of shtick, the membrane yeah. thing. It was always... It was always sort of gimmicky looking to me. I never got into them. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't know anyone that did, uh, to be honest with you. Um, lastly, I found this. <laughs> I found this odd, and this is just a little blurb. I read this on uh, three or four different places. Uh, uh, Williams Electronics, uh, aka Williams Pinball, um, apparently at the heart of this, the original Pinball Two Thousand. Uh, outfit they had an Amiga. You remember Pinball Two Thousand uh, from uh, the the battle to save Pinball or whatever mm-hmm. the, the uh, yeah. which didn't work. The uh, was the Star Wars Episode One and Attack from Mars. Right, correct, yeah. correct. Uh, apparently, I don't know if it was an early. I mean, this I read this a couple of places, and again, I could not find anything to elaborate on. And again, big book of Amiga hardware. If it's, I see it other places. I'm a little weary, but if I see if it's confirmed on there, I'm okay with it because I know those guys are are solid. Right. And it was listed on there as well. They don't have have very little information, but you know, like I said a couple uh, episodes ago, me and Boat are both pinball owners, so I kind of like the idea that there was an Amiga stuck in a pinball machine at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, to uh, that's fantastic. To get the video up and running on it. Uh, but uh, if anyone else knows of any Amiga games, I'm sure I've missed some. Because uh, I'm telling you, there were a couple times, there were a couple games I'd always heard ran on Amiga hardware, but I just couldn't find anything else about them. Uh, so if there's one out there that you know about, man, drop us a comment. I would love to uh, know more. Yeah, especially again, we appeal to those listeners there in the United States that might have run into some games, maybe games that uh, weren't even in English, but were uh, running on Amiga hardware. Uh, we'd love to hear about them. And if you also, if, if you know anyone or you have a uh, Kubo cd32 interface or even have one for sale 
touch me up <laughs> because that's so wacky. You know, I've had a, you know, they made that became more commonplace. I've been Amiga was one of the first systems to ever do that because that became more commonplace. Well, the, I guess the NES did it. Uh, they had the NES and the Super NES had those sort of, uh, but those weren't an interface that come right out of an oh, NES. Yeah. Like if you, you talk know? about like the Play Choice. That wasn't like a normal stock Nintendo right. with some wires hanging out. I mean, of if it, you, you think know? about it, I mean, the Xbox has those. The the Dreamcast has the Dreamcast had a similar situation with uh, with it, and they, and you could get them on eBay. You could go and get those things. But I mean, that's got to be oddball. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I bet though, you know, something like that. Someone probably thought about the same thing for the Atari yeah. or the ColecoVision and, or something. Well, I think I want to say like in South America somewhere. There were uh, there were Genesis machines that ran on quarters. Uh, in fact, I think that there are. Uh, and I remember reading about a Super Nintendo um, arcade machine, basically that ran on quarters. That was kind of similar to what you'd find in like hotel rooms. You know, uh, the, those janky like N sixty four controllers coming out of the yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of a deal. Um, but you know, the Amiga was definitely the earliest machine that that I I've heard about doing that sort of thing. It would be it'd be awesome to see. So if, if anyone's got one that's just played one, if we have any Italian listeners, I don't know if we do. Uh, but if you, if anyone has seen one of those, I'd love to hear more about it. Are you enjoying the Amigos podcast? If so, please take a moment to write us a review on iTunes iTunes is how most people discover podcasts, and by writing a review, you'll help us get to the top of the retro gaming and computing section. Thanks. All right. Uh, This week's game of the week is Marble Madness. Um, Marble Madness uh, was originally an arcade video game designed by Mark Cerny and published by Atari Games in 1984. And... uh, Mark was inspired by uh, mini golf, uh, a couple other a couple other real world things uh, to to design this game. But it was really the first of its kind, uh, at least in the arcades, where you're using a trackball to control uh, an on screen marble through six obstacle field courses, and you've got to complete them within a time limit. So uh, one of the unique things about Marble Madness compared with a lot of games that were coming out at this time is that there was no, you're not limited by number of lives. You know, in most games you try out with three lives and if you lose them all, then you're dead. This is all, I guess it's similar to a racing game in that regard. You know, it, like, it, I was thinking about how strange a game it is because effectively your enemy is your, is the control. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, and, and then the occasional enemies that crop up, uh, but if you told someone, hey, listen, I'm going to make a game and, and the number one uh, enemy of the pe- people playing the game are this the interface, they would, <laughs> I could see the guys would be like, get this out of here. Right. You well, know? you know, it's interesting because um, Marble Madness was Atari's first game to use the Atari System 1 hardware. Right. And um, I think I remember reading in some book I've read in the past about video game history that uh, Atari had this push on the System 1 hardware where every single game had to be different than anything else that was on the market at the time. And that's how you ended up with games like Paperboy, you know, games that uh, were not just, you know, space shoot-em-ups, you know, or platformers or stuff like that. And I was thinking about how different is that than the gaming culture of today, where as soon as there's a hit, everybody just rushes out to copy it. That's true. You know, I used to uh, I used to own a System 1 Atari uh, game, which was Road Blasters, and my ultimate goal was to was to get a Marble Madness, the kit uh, for the System 1. 
The System One was a pretty was a pretty handy little board. It had a lot of good games that came out of it. But the uh, boy, the kits for I'll tell you, you can get Road Blasters all day. But man, getting Marble Madness, people hold on to those like Grim Death, mm. and and it. But the, they were a huge board too. If anyone's ever opened up their, if anyone's ever had access to one of these old Atari System One games, uh, I think most of the games on there were. Uh, you had Road Blasters. I remember that was uh, Road Runner was one. Uh, Marble Madness, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade, if you remember that Now, one. was, was Paperboy a system one game, or am I just making that up? I thought that Paper it was. Paperboy was not. Oh, okay. It was not. What about Kangaroo? No, ksh, Kangaroo's real old. No, is no. that is that older than System One? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think the the I think Asteroids like they had a version of Asteroids for it. I think uh, they had no uh, uh, for System One. Yeah, believe it or not, it's a pro. It was a prototype. I'm looking on a list here, and it was a prototype. I never saw it now, but I know the ROMs exist. But the the big games you would have seen on it were Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Uh, Marble Madness was the biggest hit. Road Blasters is probably second, and then you've got your Indiana Jones. Then there was a game called Peter Pack Rat. I've never seen that one. I've never played that. So I guess it wasn't a big seller. Um, uh, a game, though, and uh, and then of course they had Road Runner, which I saw that game and I thought the graphics were awesome, but it looked, but it wasn't very good. I you played know. the NES port, and uh, they ported that, huh? Yeah, and uh, it? <laughs> it's 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 not a bad game. It's definitely a different sort of game, but I don't know if it's if it's anything like the arcade the arcade port. Um, Marble Madness is one of the first games to use true stereo sound. Uh, previous games either used uh, mono sound or they'd simulate stereo, and uh, you can tell that they put a lot of thought into the music because the music for Marble Madness is some of the best music I think. Of any game of all time, I love it. And I think. It, not only is it outstanding, but it fits the quirky sort of world mm-hmm. of the Marvel Madness universe. Right, it's got such a the, thing it, the whole the whole game kind of has this MC Escher kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. feel to it. Yeah, and it's and and it's a weird, it's such a weird game that you know. By the way, Paperboy was a, a System Two. Oh, okay. but uh, uh, it's such a weird game that you a conventional soundtrack would not work. You've got to have something wacky mm-hmm. and this is a, and the thing is it's wacky but it's not it doesn't act sound like it's being wacky just to be wacky i mean someone composed these beautiful little ditties that go along with each level and they're just tremendous i agree with you the music was great in the arcade and it's great on the amiga as well yeah now um marble madness was very commercially successful um it was ported to pretty much every platform i don't think that the first generation of home consoles got it because by the time it came out they were still making atari you know 2600 games in 1984 but uh it had it had fallen off but there was an nes port uh i'm sure that it came out for uh the genesis uh all of the game boys had a marble madness port the amiga of course um i don't know did you ever play this game on the c64 I'm I, sure that it came out for. I it. didn't play it on. I, like I said, I'm not. A, I wasn't a big C64 guy. I had a uh, clone of this on the uh, on the Coco. Oh, okay. Believe it or not, and it was a pretty solid clone. Uh, it was a. Cl- it was something that got cloned a lot, and still, I remember a, a game that was out probably in the late '90s called Hamster Ball, mm-hmm. and it was exact same thing. <laughs> you know, there were plenty of yeah in tributes fact, or whatever. When I bought my first Mac, my first iBook back in the early 2000s, it came with a game called Mobile Marble Blast Ultra Gold or something like that. Wow, that sounds <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and it was a Marble Madness clone. And of course, probably the most famous contemporary Marble Madness-like game is Super Monkey Ball, uh, which is a direct it kind is, of successor. Yeah, I can to, see the simula- similarities. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, there was a sequel developed and planned for release in 1991, 
But uh, the ship had kind of sailed on those sorts of games by that point. I guess uh, Street Fighter Two had been had already come out, and um, location <laughs> testing just showed that the game couldn't compete with some of the more modern titles, which is a shame because I'm sure it would have been fantastic. You know, it's funny the uh, I hear about this sequel all the time. I've never gotten to play it, and there's a reason uh, the uh, the prototype is owned by I believe a guy that's out in California. And he won't release the ROMs mm. under any certain. This guy, he will not release the ROMs to the public. So very few people. Now this could have changed. The last I heard, you know, hardly anyone. I, I think this guy even tours with it. <laughs> I mean, I think he hits like the uh, what's the big uh, California gaming expo, California Extreme, oh, California or whatever Extreme, it's called. Right. Yep, yep. I think he hits these with uh, with that occasion or has in the past. Well, if he can make money on it, you know, I I, I can you know I'm sure that everybody wants to see it dumped. But if he's uh, if he's I can understand his feelings, too. If I own something like that and I had the ability to to kind of use that to pay for my travel expenses to go to a lot of places, I think that uh, I can understand his viewpoint. Well, I think if he had the—I think he released the ROMs, he could still use that cab that to, and the, to the original get around. I mean, That's true. The That's ROMs true. would be nice to, to have. Yeah, you know? and especially because— you know, that thing, that board could get fried, there could be an accident, and then it will be gone forever. Yeah, hopefully so. he's backed up somewhere. And if someone's heard different, correct, but I'd heard the story a long time ago about that particular board, but the last I heard, this guy was never, he was not parting. Um, so that's, uh, do you have anything else to say about the arcade, the arcade version before we jump into the Amiga? All I can say is the first time I saw this game, it literally blew my mind. I mean, I had never seen anything. It's funny, I, this was released in, what was it, 80, 80, 84? 84. I mean, if you consider what was out in 84, and if this well, rolls into town. 84 is my personal greatest year of arcade games ever. <laughs> so it? they were a lot of my favorite games. Are Domino Man. I know you <laughs> love Domino Man. That is a, that's a cute game. Yeah, I but like I mean, it. graphically speaking, this game really pushed the envelope about, you know, the isometric viewpoint. You know, it, it's, there's a, you know, one thing I like about this game, and it's beautiful and it sounds great. There's this sort of peaceful mm-hmm. uh, otherworldliness um, you know it's just it's 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 not real i mean with the exception of some of the villains it's not that violent mm-hmm. it's it's a game that has no fire button right you know you mm-hmm. just roll through the trackball control brilliant mm-hmm. it looked like a big marble and it's just it was just a, someone really thought out of the box when they put this together which is the kind of games you got in the early 80s people were just they had a limited amount of hardware they did the best they could and right. they came up with some brilliant ideas All right do run run also 1984 <laughs> now what do you like it all your favorites yeah um so the amiga version uh the amiga version was released in 1986 uh, and uh larry reed did the conversion I, I clicked on his name on lemon amiga and i don't think anything else came up do you know anything about larry reed you know actually it's funny i did the same thing i was like <laughs> who is this fella i couldn't find much about this guy good job yeah you know, uh, I uh, I did not actually get a chance to play the Amiga version of Marvel. Yeah, Madness explain this, this week to the people, because uh, the version that is on the company's site uh, will not work on Windows 8. And I do not have any Windows 7 computers anymore. Um, so unfortunately, I was unable to play it, but I did watch a ton of videos uh, just like many Amiga games. This one has been heavily played through on YouTube. And uh, I played, in its stead, I played the original MAME version, which I had. Um, I think it's pretty close to the arcade port. Uh, the only big difference is uh, that you immediately see is that the score and the timer are displayed in, 
it, it reminded me about, you know, on programming for the Atari 8-bits, there's different graphics modes, and there's one where it takes off the first, you know, couple rows of pixels so you can display a score and yeah. text. It is sort of, it's very Atari computer-like, yeah, the, the yeah. way it is. It's, there's, no, it, it does, there's no laying it over the background, just a right. big white bar exactly. gray or whatever. So, I mean, they, um, they had to make that concession. The music is the same tunes as the arcade version, but it's way slowed down. And just that synth sound, that gorgeous kind of soft pad uh, effect on the arcade version um, is not there. The music's a little bit more jarring on the Amiga version. But like I said, the the biggest deal is that it's slowed down quite a bit. And we run into the same deal where some of the channels used for the sound effects are also used in the soundtrack. So sometimes the music will stop when you run into, you know, the black ball of doom and all that stuff. What did you think of it? Of course... When I when I got with Boat here, I showed him the original here. What did you think of the uh, interface menu there? That's I you know I like it. I think you know it's 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 different than the arcade. Um, it looks very eighties. You know the, when I look at the when I look at the interface menu that comes up, uh, and also with the scoring, everything about this game looks really old mm-hmm. until you actually. But the game is great, right? That's the funny thing about it. So it's it reminds me a lot of an Atari. Uh, computer title mm-hmm. it just happens to look incredible right like if you saw this on the atari 4400 you'd be like oh <laughs> holy smokes <laughs> you know uh the uh they did not spend t- much time on the m- the menu mm-hmm. now i i was telling i was telling boat i like to i get to use the mouse on this i also have a trackball uh a uh, a uh, wicko trackball so trackball me up uh, but I can use the keyboard as well and a joystick. I mean, the good thing is I'll let you use whatever you want. And, and it's I will say the interface is straightforward, but it's it's not it's not attractive this in is any a, way. This is a really early Amiga game, too. I mean, this was released in 86. It does. So. And it runs on the OCS, which is, you know, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I picked it, because we hadn't really done a real extremely old game. A lot of us we be doing was later. You got to think, though, 86, you this would blow your mind. Uh, to see this at home, oh sure, you, know, you would never, have, you never near in a million years would have would have would have guessed you could pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays well. Uh, I uh, can't get to the last level without cheating. Frankly, uh, I'm just I've never been good enough to do it. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, it, I, I can't blame the game. The game feels fair. The controls feel fair. And no matter what controls you're using, I feel like you're getting a good shake. Right. Did you have the same? Yeah, I feel this exact same way. The game is tough, um, but it's fair. It it rewards you know that you never when you die, it's always your fault. You never feel like the game screwed you. Right, right, um, right. And if you watch people that know what they're doing online, you can tell that there's certain ways to do things that get you through that level quickly. I also didn't make it to the last level. Um, I think I might have made it to the fourth of six. Um, that's about where I. Right about out. Did you notice who who put this game out? This was the uh, this was the old Electronic Arts. Was it? Uh, I yeah. didn't notice that. The, well, I like our you know their old weird symbol with the box and the mm-hmm. ball and the thing, and uh, and before they were EA, right? And, before and they were the, evil. But yeah, well, I, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember as a, as a youngster when I saw Electronic Arts. That was uh, this a, was a this is something that meant okay now we're cooking you right. know this is a pretty good game and they were they were for, I mean they would put out you know some of the best not only games but creative tools too I've got some I've got a music construction set for the Atari uh, eight hundred that is published by them I've also owned 
uh, Bill Budge's pinball construction set. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, movie. There's a movie maker program that they put out for uh, for the Atari uh, EA. They did some great stuff back in the 80s. Uh, in fact, on the last uh, well, maybe it was the last or either two uh, Sprite Castles ago, which is uh, Flax uh, C64 podcast, also available in the Throwback Network. Uh he did uh, a game called Mail Order Monsters. Right, I've which, heard of that. Uh, that's also an EA game and just crazy innovative, crazy cool. I will say, uh, when I first saw this on the Amiga, it's before I owned an Amiga, and uh, this one I, I made was very close to pushing me towards getting one because uh, up to that point, like I said, I was pretty hardcore uh, PC guy, but. It was so beautiful. And as I recall, I remember a PC port of this not being very good. Now, yeah. I think it was the CGA port, to be honest Ooh. with you. And so there you go. Yeah, that was I probably mean, when, ugly. And when you've got, if you consider the, a CGA port with, with the built-in sound, <laughs> and then you walk up and see this, you know, holy moly. You know, I mean, back in those days, a lot of PCs didn't even have mice. They didn't need them. Mm-hmm. And I, really, I mean, unless you're running stuff out of 311 or, geez, I'm not sure when 311 was out. Was it out in 86? I guess oh, it was. No. was it? 311 wasn't out until the like 1990. Was it that long? Yeah. So that, a lot of people, I know, I don't think I had a mouse at that point. For no, the, I don't think PC. anybody, you know, very, very few people, PC people had mice at that it's point. It's funny to think about, really, how we moved into something the P- it took a while for the PC to get where the Amiga was, I mean, at least seven years beforehand. Yeah. I mean, it's full stereo sound with the with the mice, the beautiful graphics. The, mm-hmm. It's, you know. How, it really took until Windows 95. How the hell do we lose? I can't figure this out. <laughs> well, I know how, but that's a, that's for another time. Right. That's, it had nothing to do with the hardware, that's for sure. Um, so uh, that is – now, I did read one um, review – that I thought was uh, interesting. Editors for Computer Gaming World stated that the Amiga version was superior to the arcade original. Now, I don't know what um, what they were thinking, to be honest with you, because as great as the Amiga version is, um, it's free. It's you know, you can play it <laughs> as many times as you want. So it doesn't take any quarters. So that's great. But, uh, you know, I if there's a nuance that makes it better than the arcade version, uh, I, I didn't notice it. But, it. but it is very, very good. It's very good. It's probably, up to that point, maybe the closest arcade port that had been released for the Amiga. I mean, can you think of any arcade ports up to 1986 that were better? Oh, boy. You're, that's that's a that's a broad question. I had to I had to look it up and ponder because I'm not good with dates. Because mm-hmm. the Amiga had so many arcade ports uh, that that one doesn't spring to mind uh, right off the top of my head. But I mean, it was awful good. I mean, like you're you're right. That was so early in, in the run. It may have been the the best one up to that point. Maybe one of the few. I'd have to look. I just don't know. But it was it was awful good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, that's that's all I've got on on Marble Madness. Is there anything else you want to add? I think that sums it up. Great game, a lot of fun, and uh, has aged well. You can pick it up right now, stick it in your Amiga, and fire it up, and it'll play just just fine. Awesome. So, um, what what was your score? Do you want me to go first this week? I, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Mine was twenty two thousand six hundred and thirty. Okay. Well, mine was twenty eight thousand fifty. Ah, so close. So very close. 
Uh, I only did that well uh, one time, and then my second place score was around where yours was. So. It's that level's tough to get through. Mm-hmm. It's the one with the vacuums that come yes. up. Yep, those vacuums are brutal. Yeah, they were brutal in the arcade too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will say that the obstacles that were in the arcade that were troublesome. They're, I mean, they did a good job. They're exactly the same. Yeah, they're just don't, as, you don't skim by them in this either. They're they just don't as hold difficult. Your hand. Yeah, a lot of the ports for home systems were just flat out easier. You know, uh, a lot of the ports that came to the Atari computers or the, the 2600. Uh, the version, the tapper for the 2600, I always think about as being the ultimate in easy games, you know, compared to the arcade machine. But in the Amiga version of Marvel Madness, it is just as hard, for sure. Now, before you sum it up here, Mr. Boat, uh, since I picked Marvel Madness last week, have you thought of a game for us for next week? Well, I thought next week we could start... Uh, a special series, and this will be kind of, you know, we won't make this a weekly thing, but maybe every couple of weeks we'll add another installment of pinball games. Ah, yes. Yeah. I think that's a fine idea. And um, now you being the pinball Amiga software expert, Hardy uh, I will let you uh, I will let you choose the first title. Well, I think next week we will... Uh, uh, you know, we could probably run this as a three-week deal. I think we could run through them all in three weeks. So maybe we'll just do like a part one, a part two, and a part three. We maybe do, uh, uh, say, two or three uh, programs each week. Okay. And uh, I think we can get through them. The Amiga had, uh, had so many good pinball programs. I mean, so many were, I mean, cutting edge. That And, of course, we both have pinball machines. We're both pinball aficionados, so it should be a lot of fun. I remember some of the – and a lot of them got ported to other, uh, to other consoles. Uh, ad nauseum, you know, a lot of consoles. So it'll be fun to take a look back. So if you're in the pinball and the Amiga, uh, the next, the next uh, three weeks uh, should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, that's all we have for you this week. Until next time, adios. adios.